everyone. Welcome to another episode of Do You See Podcast. I'm your host, Desiree Siegfried, and I just want to welcome you here today. I am just so grateful and thankful that you are joining me. Um, If you haven't yet caught the other episodes, go ahead and take a listen back, especially the first one, which really explains my heart and my passion for this new podcast and kind of really sets the tone for the types of episodes that you are going to hear. I hope that you are being encouraged. I hope that each episode is growing you in your faith, growing you in your relationship with the Lord, and really um, turning you to fix your eyes on Jesus, to get into the word, get into prayer, and really just take heart in, in the journey that you are on. And so I hope that you are feeling blessed. And I pray that this episode today blesses you so much. I am interviewing my friends Dee and Miles. They are pastors at the Freedom House Church in Frisco, Texas, and they are just on fire for the Lord. They are just changing things up, you know, there in Texas. So if you are in Texas, this is a great listen for you. If not, it's still a great listen, and it's really um, discussing a lot about the church, a lot about the churches we attend, maybe churches we have attended in the past, or maybe if you're a new believer, what types of churches to really look into and some of the red flags when to leave a church. So I pray that you listen with open ears and open eyes and that you are totally blessed. So I love you guys. Thank you for joining me. Now let's get started. Welcome, Miles and Dee, to the podcast. So Thanks for having us. Yes, I'm so excited to chat and to catch up to see how life has been and how the church is doing and all the things. But first, let's introduce you to the audience. And can you tell us a little bit more about who you are, what you're doing now, and how you got there? Yes. So I'll start. Take it away, babe. (laughs) I'll just jump in. So my name is Dee and my husband is Miles. And we pastor a beautiful new church north of Dallas, Texas, called the Freedom House. Mm-hmm. And we um, have just, it's just been the most crazy, fun, wild adventure that I think God could have ever taken us on. Um, we are originally from Florida. We were in Orlando, Florida for a long time. We were, we started dating there. And then we split up for a little, not split up. Jeez. We split <laughs> up. We're going real deep here. Oh. Right in the beginning. We never broke up. We were never that couple. She's got, we had 47 fights. No. I slept <laughs> on the couch seven times in our marriage. No. <laughs> Geographically, while we were dating, we did long distance. Miles lived in China as a missionary. Um, I lived in Australia, uh, finishing my master's degree. And, and then we got engaged in Thailand. And I know. So he like sets the bar super high. And so when we came back, we kind of settled in Orlando and really without knowing what we were getting into, we jumped into a church plant. We led worship. Um, Miles was, did everything, did everything, you know, church. we were youth pastors, you know, when we didn't have a kid's pastor, we were filling in a little bit. Wow. He was the executive pastor. We did events. We did all the things and really loved it. But then yeah. you can kind of talk about like 2020. We have two beautiful little girls, Adeline and Brooklyn, joy of our life. And they're just the cutest things ever. <laughs> they um, are. I will attest to that. They're so, they're cute. so <laughs> sweet. And they are 
so fun. Yeah, they are fun. They teach, you know, it's funny being a parent. I'm sure you can attest to this. Like it teaches you so much about Jesus. It teaches you so much about the love of the father and parenting and, and how the he patience of the father. I, I was just going to say patience, the mercy. <laughs> yeah. of you know, the I, I'm still working on the patience one. I'm, I'm working on the patience. <laughs> I know. I think it also teaches you like that we're fallen humans <laughs> because yes. living up to like constantly trying to produce the fruit of the spirit right. with your children can be difficult. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It is not easy at <laughs> all, but they're, they're teaching us a lot. I feel like we're growing a lot, oh, yeah. but, um, but yeah, so then 2020 hit and that kind of flipped our world upside down. Like I know it did a lot of people, but there was a lot of beauty in it. So you can kind of Absolutely. talk more about it. Yeah. So 2020 was, was, I think rough for a lot of people, obviously just because of what was going on in the world, but for us, it was the first time in our, our lives, especially when it comes to ministry, because Dee and I have been serving in ministry for, gosh, I don't even know, at that point, eight years together, something like oh, that. Wow. It was a long time. Yeah. Um, but all we knew was go, 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 go. We never stopped. We didn't know it rest. Um, our biggest problem in our marriage probably was that ministry was constantly being put in first place. More D's fault than mine, oh, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, it was so I love you guys. On him. It was my fault. It was wild. It was my fault. But 2020 was the first time that we couldn't even have services because our church met in a school. So the schools were shut down. Oh. So even if our church wanted to continue, we couldn't. So we got to enjoy ourselves as a family a little bit more. We started doing family walks together. We <laughs> wrestled. There was still some work happening and we were still you know, doing like online services and having to produce these things, but everything we knew about life had paused. But honestly, through that season, it was the first time that we did like this spiritual health check on ministry. And we were like, we have been working our butts off to prepare for 90 minutes of the week. Mm -hmm. These, mm -hmm. we were youth pastors at the time. We were also, you know, at the main church too. But like for us, our focus was the students. And we were like, what happens the other 166 and a half hours out of the week that we do not have them? So all of their problems, all of our concerns, all of our um, thoughts on discipleship just completely went out the door because we were like, we've missed it, the most important piece of this whole thing. So honestly, in the beginning of 2020, um, when everything really like hit the fan and stuff, yeah. like that was when the Lord started really downloading to us the... I wouldn't even call it the vision for the Freedom House. It was more of his heart for his church, mm -hmm. what it was supposed to look like, what it was supposed to look like to make yeah. disciples. Yes. Yeah. Not just like, not just putting on the service, but actually living life with people. Um, so yeah, God really started just putting uh, some specific things on our hearts. And then the Freedom House kind of came into, uh, into our hearts as well. And then through multiple people lots of confirmation spoke to us about That's so great moving to dallas mm -hmm. and starting a church and we're like why would we go to dallas to start a church there are thousands in the in the dfw area alone there's over 100 churches that each have more than 10,000 people in them <laughs> so when you when you wait think of, wait wait i'm sorry say repeat that so there are over 100 churches that each have more than 10,000 people each in dfw so when you think of like mega church yeah. central, that is mind blowing. Yeah. Yes. So like that little fish, big ocean mentality, like definitely could creep in when planning a church here. And we were just yeah. like, 
People would ask, why tell us, why tell us? And we're like, we don't know. We didn't know at first. We have no idea. And then the Lord told us a very pretty bold uh, statement that now we live by and that the vision of our church is set on. And it was to come awaken the sleeping giant. And we knew that that was the church, but we didn't understand the culture that we were about to walk into. And so we get here and we start visiting, you know, just popping into different churches, just really, truly, because we just wanted to worship corporately and whatever. And we recognized the culture that it's like this, um, it's this slumber. It's a fairy dust. It's like this little fairy dust. I literally can picture fairy dust as being plopped around the whole city. Really? They're comfortable in their comfort. Like, I know that sounds so basic, but they're comfortable with comfortable Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not that easy to wake up a a sleeping giant. Mm. No. Well, and when you do wake it up, you gotta be prepared. Uh There's a, there's a little, (laughs) there's a little fighting with it. Yeah. Yes. And we noticed that too. And so we, once we got here, we recognized, okay, this is why the Lord called us here because we have, he spoke so clearly and so many times to us and, and gave so many confirmations that we were just so set in what he said to do, um, that now coming here, even when people push back or I, I keep telling people, I've never felt like I've gone so against the grain in my life until we planted a church here. And cause it's not just a church it's, we are about discipleship. We are about giving everything for Jesus, laying down your life, yes. really living out the Bible, being an ax church. Um, and it's not just the pretty cookie cutter way of life. And so we mm-hmm. go against the grain and the religious spirit comes out and people that would never, ever label themselves as religious, Hmm. you start to see religion like, but wait, why aren't we doing this? And wait, the other churches do that. And it's like, we weren't called and we're not bashing other churches. No, not at all. You're just called to something different. Right. Mm -hmm. And we have got to remain obedient to him. And the Lord literally, I was praying this morning and he just said, stay in step with me. Like, don't run ahead. Don't fall behind. Don't look to the left and the right and look what other people are doing and Mm -hmm. compare. I've called you to do this and be aligned with what I've called you to do. So even with all the pushback, because he's spoken so clearly, we've just remained really faithful in it. And I feel like now we can say two years later after moving here, um, we're really starting to see like the outpouring that I believe he, he had prepared for us, you know, yeah. and lives are being changed. And it's just been, it's been a really beautiful, it's getting fun. now. It's getting Yeah. Fun. It's so good. And I, it's like, even our story is so similar and I feel like so many others are, and I feel like God puts diff- different people like us into new areas because of the comfort. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like we didn't like same here. We moved two years ago to a town here in Oregon and it's extremely conservative, very churched up. And I feel like the call on my life was to unite the church. Mm-hmm. And it has been, a, it's been, it's been interesting is all I can say. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, I do feel that we are 2023 is like walking into everything that he has had planned. Like the yeah. two years was the preparation of, of getting our hearts and our minds right and building teams. I think it was also about building teams and now his outpouring 
it's like a year of his promises, you know, it's so beautiful to see that in you, in your story. You're just confirming things for me. (laughs) Perfectly. Uh, No, he spoke, he spoke to tell him about 2023 (laughs) when he spoke to you. Cause I, so, I can give him pushback on this. Jared's something it's a very like, especially cause we had been believing for a couple of things that looked like they were completely, you know, not possible anymore. Yeah. And of course, isn't that the best time to preach? Oh, when they look impossible, but they really did look like the door had already it's shut on some things. I'm just, yeah. So the Lord had spoke to me back in probably in November or December about 2023. And he said it would be the year of every promise fulfilled. Wow. And, and you know, you hear that and you want, like, I wanted my heart to just leave and be like, yes. And just like come into agreement. But I'm like, because 2022 was hard and there was a lot of grief. There was a lot of loss. Yeah. And I'm like, every promise fulfilled, like that's a big statement, Miles. That's a big, bold thing. to And, and I was scared because yep. my first thought is like, what if every promise isn't fulfilled instead of walking in the faith of like, mm-hmm. yes, the Lord is going to fulfill what he has spoken, not just what we desire, but what he has specifically spoken. And so then the Lord did speak to me later on in January and said the year. He's spoken it to so many people recently. And they keep saying it like, this is just great. Thanks. I know. I know. Sorry. No, (laughs) Um, no, but I think that's great D because I think so many people listening and so many people out there that's that's a really true struggle is like we want we want to like our spirit wants to believe everything the lord has for us but it's our flesh that sees and has experienced loss Mm -hmm. and so it's very hard sometimes to bring well to die to our flesh um but Mm -hmm. just to like stand firm in that faith and trust him that you know what god i believe what you you're saying and i'll just walk into it but how great I think it's going to be a wonderful year. And I don't think it's going to look the way that we know promises come true. Does that make make sense? So um, since, since we're talking about, since you guys are in um, Texas, what are you guys seeing there in terms of what the Lord is doing now rather Mm -hmm. than when you first arrived? Okay. I mean, be, be brutally honest because that's yeah. what we're here for. We're yeah, here. So, already upset. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, how many viewers are going to hear that? No, I'm kidding. Uh, so I have, gosh, I saw a vision yesterday and I, I shared it on my Instagram and stuff, but it was this vision of God coming down as a lion and he was going to the front of every church in front of the doors, like the glass doors to go into the lobby or whatever. He wasn't going in though. He was just roaring at the front doors Mm -hmm. to get the attention of everyone inside. And then he would move on to the next church and do it again and again and again. And I kept seeing every church he was roaring into that nobody was getting up and leaving. Nobody was following him. He was trying to get their attention to come follow. And there were two other things that happened in the vision. One of them was that he had a, he had like a long tail, like a really, really long tail. And it was almost like his way of showing me that even when I've roared and left, like if somebody would just come out, just even if they missed me right away, there'll still be a chance to see where I'm going, that they'll be able to follow me. Like they'll be able to, if they miss my voice, they'll be able to follow my tail. It's almost like following the train of his robe, you know? And the other thing he showed me was inside of the churches. And this is where I believe it's like, what's happening in Dallas in, in my, I guess, opinion, or what the Lord's been showing me is that all the leaders and the pastors were like 
they were like, there was on the stage where there's this stack of gold, these bars of gold. And it wasn't so much as the finances of the church. It was the vision that they believed the Lord gave them years ago. And they were guarding it. Like they were stewarding this gold that God had given them. But the Lord was showing me that like what I had given them had now become an idol for them. Mm. And they were willing to leave it to follow me because when God is doing a new thing, you actually have to let go of the old. Mm-hmm. No old wineskin can handle the new wine. Behold, I'm in doing a new thing. Forget the last thing. Forget the things of the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but many people are not willing to forego their vision that they believe they got. But when the Lord does a new thing, you have to recognize that he also gives new vision. Yeah. So we have been seeing a little bit of, um, gosh, I don't want to say people going against what they're seeing in the nation. But I did post something. I was like, listen, pastors, if you're not seeing what's happening in the nation right now and changing something that you're doing to recognize that God's doing a new thing, then you're going to miss it. You're going to miss the new thing that God's doing. So it's like, I'm seeing all these sermons, these sermon series, a lot of things, you know, in February is always the relationship month at church, right? Because Valentine's Day, which is so biblical, is in (laughs) February. So it's got to be the month of love for some reason. So (laughs) so whenever I see the posts like, oh, relationships, this relationship, and you got kids in Asbury and then Lee University and the other universities all over the nation breaking out in like this Mm -hmm. hunger. And we're coming to church to learn about relationships for a 60 minute service. Yeah. Go back home. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately we saw in our church and I'm sure there were a few others too. We're not Mm -hmm. the only ones. We went nuts last uh, two Saturdays ago. We have Saturday night service. It went crazy. Like we only building because the cleaning crew came and it's not our building. We rent from them. So good. And we're just seeing like what mm-hmm. looks like the church coming to life um, slowly, but surely, but yeah. we're praying. We literally gather Thursday night with our church and we pray. And we, most of the time we pray for other churches, That's but the smart. Lord would just stir up yeah. a hunger in them and pour out a spirit over them. Yeah. We, for me, like seeing my prayers that, you know, everyone would, would grasp and catch the, the just what God's doing in this time. Um, obviously not everyone's going to, and, but we've seen such a hunger in Gen Z. Like mm-hmm. we have just noticed this. I mean, I've, I've, we have a lot of young adults in our church and, you know, our hearts are with that generation. Cause that was the generation that we youth pastored. And so we've just always really loved them. And miles has said for years, like they're going to be the generation that reaches the ends of the earth. Like we believe it. Yeah talked with them one-on-one different ones. And they're like, I find myself just diving into my word for like two hours. I find myself just worshiping. I, I, I want to, you know, we're starting a school for ministry in September. We have, um, not kids, like young adults that are like, we're, we're going to switch to online classes and do this, or we're going to switch to night classes and do this or whatever, because they're just this desperation to do anything and everything that they can do to, to be in like the Lord's will. Um, and also to, to follow the call that Jesus is calling them to, like, they're just unashamed. They're bold. They're ready. And so we're seeing for a lot of even here, like what's going on, we're just seeing this passion that Gen Z is really igniting even in Mm -hmm. us. Like, I love being a millennial. Like I love my generation. We're great. (laughs) 
it's been so like, I feel like I'm, I'm weeping. I, I get weepy when I see like revival breaking out and these young kids, like so on fire and authentically, yes. like it's not fabricated. It's not showy showy and it's collective. I think that's the key is that it's not just one person on stage, but it's a collective. Um, I really united. feel like Yes, the the unity. I think they're starting to care less and less about names, mm-hmm. about the big preacher or the big worship team. And Asbury's been such a an example of that that nobody they wouldn't let them in. They wouldn't even let them lead. So, <clears throat> and it was so stripped down. It was so. Um, a woman that went that my friend knows that it was like underwhelmingly like wonderful like there was okay. no lights there was no haze there was no screens yeah it was screens, like screens yeah yeah three people on a stage just worshiping and so oh, like God. just your authenticity yeah. of it yeah. is what gen z i think is really longing for because they're they're either all in or they're all out this generation i agree and they can spot fake from a mile away and they're seeing a true revival and yeah they, And and there's a lot of darkness over that generation and a lot of attack over that generation. And I think it's just so important for all other generations to realize that God equipped that generation for their time. So they have the tools, they have the gifts, and we are going to start to see that um, be lifted up and be, they're going to start rising up more and more. And gosh, they're such an inspiration. (laughs) They are mm-hmm. of, of freeness, of freedom, you know, we, you know, and just and, and allowing God to move and yeah. really cool. What about the timing of the Jesus revolution movie coming out right now? Right. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. That, so I think you're looking at a generation rising up because there is a little bit of that, like, I don't want to say rebellion in a bad way. It is obviously rebellion can be really bad, but when you rebel against a broken system or you rebel against slavery or you rebel against abortion, when you rebel against those systems that you're like, have we been under a system our whole lives? Mm -hmm. So you have these Gen Zers who everybody says, oh, they can recognize fake a mile away. What they're seeing is there is just another system now in the church that I don't want to be a part of. Yeah. uh, Amen. A lot of the older generation, we're kind of just, we got comfortable in it. Stuck in our ways. You know, we're a little bit because in it's how it's supposed to look. It's how exactly. it's, you know, this works. Like we, there are literally things out there that are church planting boot camps. Like they literally tell you the ABCs of what to do. <laughs> and we went to one. Um, we kind of had to go to one. That's a long story for another <laughs> podcast. But we were like, okay, you know what? We'll just kind of take what we can take and leave what we can leave. And thank God, there was actually a pastor there that became our, our pastor. And he's been amazing and he does church just differently. But then you have like those churches where it's like, okay, here's, here's literally like the three steps to church growth. And I'm like, keep your worship short services short right. because the attention <gasps> span's gone down. Yeah. If you're a youth pastor, you should only be able to 12 minutes because it's, yeah. we were like, so, no. <laughs> so they were like, all right, this activity, you're going to put together this service is orders. is wrong yeah. with everything that yeah. the church right. has become. Yeah business it's become fast food generation yeah. how do you get them in the door give them what they might need even though it's not going to be sustainable we'll what they want and send them right back out give them what they want yeah you know yeah. what for people listening who are like you know who have attended church for 
however many years, or maybe even new believers who are just stepping into a church and they're just going to like a friend's church or a local church. What are some key points to maybe help them have discernment? Because, you know, as new believers or even as seasoned believers, maybe they're not tapped in yet um, to like what Holy Spirit's trying to tell them. What are some maybe key points of discernment that could lead them to know whether or not it's a church for them? I mean, I know that's Holy Spirit, but you guys have some insight. Yeah, I would ask, um, is the pastor in the room the number one man in the room or is it Jesus? Mm-hmm. It's a really big question, but this is how you know, is if the Lord is moving and people are worshiping the Lord and somebody comes up to move on to the next piece of service as if nothing was happening, or they say statements like, wow, the presence of the Lord is here. And then they move on to their piece. It means <laughs> my message and my sermon is more valid than the presence of the Lord and what he can do without me. So that's number one. And it, and then it's the second part kind of goes along with that. Is it man's church or is it God's church? Mm-hmm. Meaning is every sermon exists to make man feel good or is it to glorify God? Yeah. The church was always a place for the Lord to come in and dwell in and delight in and be glorified in. So we've broken away from that. You know, when acts happened, obviously it was a revolution then, Um, but they still gathered in the temple. They still gathered together and they gathered to worship, to pray, to fast. Like that's how the early church was birthed. And that's what I believe the Lord is calling us back to is to go to the ancient way, not to the new modern church way, but the old way, but right. do it, do the new thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So true. Yeah. When, if you, if every time you leave, you feel that you've gained something for your own personal life and gain and fleshly desires. Cause that's what a lot, especially in the DFW area, it is very like you focused. How can you be better? What do you need? Where's your, and yes, like the Lord provides and he gives you the desires of your heart when you seek his kingdom first. And there is breakthrough and there are mirror and all of that. And I'm not saying that's bad, but we've made it like, that's the focus of church is all about what we give rather than what we can give. And so rather than coming with like our sacrifice of praise and offer and worship, we've said like, how can you feed me? How can you make me feel better? Thanks. See you next week. And then we live the same way Monday through Saturday. And so that's where, you know, for us, that's what I would say to people is just like, look for Jesus. And if Jesus isn't like, overwhelming in that place, Mm -hmm. whether he's being talked about, he's felt he's being sung to. I mean, we've, we've even kind of instructed our worship team that like, we don't sing songs about our trials. Like we don't sing songs about the devil. Like there's Mm -hmm. there's some songs that talk more about the enemy than the Lord. And so we're like, our worship is all just about all vertical (laughs) and if it is horizontal it's basically us just saying he is worthy we're not instead of you are worthy we're just saying so it's just all about (laughs) jesus and like if so if there's other if jesus is just sprinkled in it's that's how it's always going to be you know what's the saying how you get people is how you have to maintain people Mm -hmm. or something like that so if you don't give people jesus initially they're not going to want it a year from now you know, so you have to right off the bat, go in there and say, I need, I need Jesus. Yeah. I need Holy Spirit. Yeah. I need his presence. Um, and if it's deterred from that, then it's, it's unfortunately just another 
club, you know, that yeah. makes you feel good and, or a leadership course that teaches you how to be successful and you can yeah. get that anywhere. You know, you don't have to go to the house of God for that. Mm. I know I it's so true. It's so <laughs> what did you say? I have so many red flags that I could talk about. <laughs> okay. Like- share them. We've got more because I okay. think, a lot, okay. Another thing is like when people have been in the same church for, I I've seen this in people I know when they've been in the same church over and over and like forever, they're almost just so comfortable with it, even though if they're feeling like, Oh, I just don't know. And I think it's important that like, we like, you can grow out of a church. Like you can grow spiritually where you need to be fed in a different way. Yes. Yeah. I always tell people it's not a sin to leave a church. No. Like if the Lord is calling you out, then you have to be obedient and you have to go not, you know, and there are people that hop from church to church and that's a whole other thing. There's, there's church abuse. That's a whole other thing, but then there's also church offense. And so it's really about, again, staying in him. Is he calling you here or not? But what are your red flags? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh goodness. Yeah. And we look at the church like a school more than anything, not so much uh, like what's my flavor. What's my favorite restaurant, yeah. but it's like you would never stay in elementary school when you're supposed to be in eighth grade you you'd say that something strange is happening there or you're failing over and over again. So churches can operate in different levels. Like, oh, I've been in this one for a while. I've gotten what I needed for that for that time. But then go get planted somewhere else. Like don't just hop, 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 because then you can't grow if you're not planted. Yeah. Some of the red flags. When you're in the middle of worship and somebody comes onto the microphone to ex- exhort or, you know, transition. what transition or whatever they're going to do. And they start saying things like, I know that some of you have come in here with a hard week and you, I don't know what you came in and what you're needing. When worship becomes about what we need, we're no longer worshiping. We're asking, which is okay to ask the Lord. It's okay to ask the Lord. It's okay to seek. It's okay to knock. But when it's a time to worship the Lord, is it about him or is it about us? We call it soaking in worship, meaning Mm -hmm. I want to come to receive rather than give. I don't actually see that anywhere in the word, (laughs) like Mm -mm. where we're coming to soak in worship. No, no, no. God is the one who's supposed to be soaking. So when we're teaching people, like just receive, yeah, you do receive the Holy spirit, but he also is worthy to receive our praise and our worship. So worship is key there. That's just one thing to look out for. The other thing for sermons is when you are being told over and over and over again, God is going to grow your business. He's going to give you favor in your business. Everything is about what he's going to do in your business more than it is about God changing your business to follow him. Then we're actually just trying to get people to bring more money into the church rather than send them out into the world. Yowzers. I feel like that's a very uh, DFW. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. That's why we are against the grain here. It's like the prosperity message. It is. It really is. There's a lot of money here. And there, and people want to maintain it. And again, there's nothing wrong with, nope. God wants to bless us, but he wants us to know to worship him. (laughs) And then the blessing is just, it's not the, like the goal. Mm -hmm. The blessing is not the goal. That's, that's it. God is the goal. Yes. If God is not the goal, if Jesus is not the goal of the church of your life, you know, but especially if if you're looking for the right place to call home, if that's not the goal and the goal is they have another agenda, then that for me is the biggest red flag. Cause it's like, what else matters, you know? Um, But we've made other things matter in the church and in Christianity and in our walks. And so it's like, that's my heart 
for my cry, even especially for this year is like, Lord, just bring us back to the basics of you, of just that you being enough and not just that being a song, but it being our true desire. That's like, I don't need anything else. I don't want anything else. But like, as long as we have Jesus, like truly, and we truly follow him, whatever that looks like for each individual, letting that really be enough Mm -hmm. and, and finding just satisfaction and joy in that, you know? Yeah, that's so good. What would you say for anyone who is interested in getting more involved or maybe they feel called, but don't know where to start? Cause you know, you guys just up and left because you know, you trust the Holy spirit and what he says to you, but how can others who maybe don't know where to start? Yeah. You can honestly, this is why discipleship is yeah, so beautiful. Like if we can't get discipleship, right. It's these people that are clueless because they have a shepherd who doesn't even know their name. And I get it. I get when 500 people or in some churches, 10,000 people, you know, mm-hmm. come to church. No, you don't expect any shepherd, any pastor or the the senior lead pastor to know all their names, but we need to start making disciples. So for those people, I would, I would look for someone that I would say, I want to follow them. Yeah, I've seen what they've done. And I mean, that's what Jesus said. He said, go and make disciples. Mm-hmm. Well, how did he make disciples? Cause that's the only way they know how to do it. They just repeated what they saw. He came to me. He said, follow me. I left everything behind and I went and I followed him. And then when he left, I was able to continue on the ministry the way he designed it and the way he trained me to do it, to go and find somebody that you say that person to me is somebody I want to follow. And yeah, it it might even mean serving alongside of them for a while. It might mean, um, you know, asking them to actually sit down with you and do life together. It might be somebody you're already in relationship with that you're like, man, I love that person. I've never thought about like asking mm-hmm. them to disciple me. Um, yeah. But it's like the lost art of yeah. being a believer is to be discipled. I know. Uh, Isn't it so funny? We, it's because yeah. we, we just want all of our things just so quickly. We're like, God, I want healing in this. And I want um, to be better at that. And boom, boom, bang. <laughs> yeah, boom, boom, bang. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's that, it's like, like he said, like that drive through christianity where it's like well i want to we want to go to a conference or a (laughs) seminar rather than disciple makers yeah everybody wants the big big thing and they forget raw and it's like no just go get raw with the lord (laughs) and he will show you what you need (laughs) yeah because discipleship is it's endurance it's it's messy at times it's vulnerability it's authentic it's all the things that I think we really actually do desire, but like you said, it's not that quick fix. It's not that quick answer. It's, it's time invested and, and that's not how we live anymore. And so, but what we've seen in discipleship and you know what also comes with discipleship sometimes is heartbreak. Sometimes people walk away or sometimes people let you down. And what I would say to someone who's been through that or church hurt or whatever you want to call it is that, that it's, that's not the Lord, you know, that's people say hurt people, hurt people and all that, but that comes along with it. But also comes just the reward of, of seeing people walk into the anointing and the call that they have and, and having someone there leading you and guiding you and, and being like in the fight with you or whatever. And so that's what I would say too, is find someone who's gone before you, even if it's a little bit, doesn't have to be someone 20 years older than you. Yeah. 
doesn't even it have really to be someone- doesn't no yeah. it's just someone who maybe spiritually is a little bit more mature yes. yeah a pastor in our life who is probably pastoring maybe like four or five years ahead of us but he's actually younger than us but he's someone that we look to and admire mm-hmm. and we go to for spiritual advice and guidance and counseling because he's been before us, you know, so there has to be a teachability in, in you. If you say like, okay, I know I want to do something. That's the key though. Teachability. What you just said, I feel like I've just seen it so much. There's a lot of, um, like offense to everything. Like you can't heal if you have an offended heart and everything people say, like you put a wall up. I've seen that be the, the roadblock to discipleship. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. I saw, um, I don't know if you follow, she's on Instagram as raised to stay. Her name's Natalie. Oh, no. oh, she's amazing. And she's, she was a pastor's kid and now she's a pastor. So she has all this just like really raw, good church stuff. But she posted the other day that said offense is the new pandemic of the church. Mm. And like, it's so true because it's like, it, and think it's very cancel culture mentality. Uh-huh. Like, oh, you said something I don't like, I'm leaving and I'm taking these people with me, you know, and, but it's, yeah. it comes to extended heart instead of having those tough conversations. And even if you get to a place where you say, okay, this is unhealthy or this isn't where I need to be anywhere. Again, it's not a sin to leave, but it is a sin to carry that offense and that unforgiveness. And so just really checking your heart of like, am I teachable? Am I, am I, have I walked through forgiveness and not living in offense? And I call my disciples. I have, I have four of them that are like, really, I I pour all my life into these guys. So together there's five of us. So we call ourselves the fat five (laughs) because I'm teaching them to, to be a disciple. You have to be faithful. You have to be available and you have to be teachable. So So good have to yeah without those things like i'm sorry jesus he didn't waste his time on the people that are like oh let me first go back and he's like all right go ahead follow me you're not going to be able to do all those things you got to give up everything so yeah trying to uh to impart that as much as I can. yes that's really good so faithful available and teachable that's awesome he's a fat (laughs) disciple you gotta be fat (laughs) Uh ask yourself am i fat (laughs) (laughs) is that an old book or something oh that's hilarious (laughs) oh that's so funny well um on this podcast it's about do you see so like what the lord is showing you in this hour is there anything specific i have loved miles reading more of your visions and dreams because I can see how the Lord's opening up the channels for that and in you and through you. Is there anything that you'd like to share or anything that you see that might be forthcoming or foretelling or. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. The way, the way, even as you're talking right now, the Lord is like showing me like these little tiny cracks that are happening all throughout the earth, all, all over the world. I'm seeing it mostly like in America it's almost like not everybody is catching it at first because it's starting so small, but there are just these little like glimpses of what God is doing. And the beautiful thing that's happening right now is that there has been a lot of attention on them. But if the, if those things are short lived, we can kind of quickly move on if we're, if we're not too careful, Yeah. like we'll, we'll move on and say, well, do you remember last month or remember last year when that, no. I believe that the cracks that are opening up, the Lord is going to start letting some things out. It's almost like bringing up springs um, are going to start to spread. And my encouragement to the church is not to wait, 
to not hesitate, to not wait for your church to break out in revival, but for you, your own heart individually say, what can I do with the Lord and what can I do on this earth to no longer, we have put the, our purpose into the hands of the church to say, Hey, what can you do to harness this purpose when it was never supposed to be put into their hands? It was given to us by the Lord, gifted to us by Jesus. So now is the time a word that we are kind of declaring over our church right now is activate. And it was almost a running joke last year with Holy Spirit activate. Activate. Holy Spirit Uh activate. But now I think it's the truth. The church needs to be activated by the spirit. And when Jesus said, I'm going to empower you to be my witnesses, just empower you to go sit in a church or wait for something to happen, but I'm empowering you to be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Yes. And it's, it's, I almost see it. Like if you don't get on the train, you're going to miss it. Yeah. Amen. I, I feel that. I feel that for sure. Before we got on this thing, I, I we're going to start something that it's, we're not, we're not a uh, pioneers of it, but we're going to take it um, and run with it. It's called Jesus March. And it is oh, literally yes. heard of it. Yeah. It's happening in California. Yes. We've linked up with those guys. We felt a call to do that. So when we saw them doing it. We're like, we're jumping on it. Um, but I see the, the church waking up now in this hour, but I, I saw, I saw like a huge tent and I know you're doing prayer tents. Yeah. I saw like a huge tent where people like you, and maybe it was because it was people that you're empowering to do it, where they had a tent set up with people in it, but they also had teams that were going out two by two into the cities. Oh, okay. And they were they were praying for people. They were also for anybody who didn't want it right away. They said, well, listen, if you want prayer, we're going to have this space to meet right over here. And I see people lining up into huge tents to be prayed for. Amen. Like, nothing, oh. nothing showy. Like, and yes. there's going to be, many people it's not even going to be i know you have the small fun tent yeah you fit a few people but you're gonna need like a large tent mm-hmm. that you have to rent or whatever just so that people can come and it's going to be like a staple of a city mm-hmm. that's where you need to go to get prayed for you'll yes. set it up for a week and people will just be coming and coming mm-hmm. and then you go to the next city and do the same thing um no, but I yeah that's totally good that. yeah no that's good that's kind of that's something here in in my city that the lord is preparing us for, if that makes sense. Like it's not yet time. I'm really excited. I just feel like more and more people are stepping up bold and courageous to, to, to like live out what the Lord has given them. Yeah. Yeah. And I just love that we can all connect and like empower one another, encourage one another because that's necessary in this time. And again, why discipleship is so important. We can't do it alone. We cannot do it alone. Well, I I just love you guys. Thank you for um, joining me on the podcast. Can you let people know where they can find you? And if they're in the Dallas area where they can attend church? Yeah. So on social, on Instagram, we are at the Freedom House. Um, We are also on TikTok for the and some Gen Zers. That's mm-hmm. at the Freedom House dot church. Um, we are currently meeting in Frisco on Saturday nights at 6 p.m. at 6400 Stonebrook Parkway. Um, we may move in the near future, but all of our social will be updated. Miles actually is is a good one to follow on social because he posts incredible visions like you were talking about that the Lord's given him. So his social handle is at Miles Mac, M-Y-L-E-S-M-A-C, right? <laughs> yeah. 
find me on his if you want to follow me too. <laughs> really great words. And um, yeah, anyone in the DFW area, come worship with us. We'd love to have you. Mm-hmm. I love it. Oh, there's going to be a huge outpouring over there in Frisco and over you guys. So it's awesome. It's awesome to see. Would one of you mind closing us out in prayer? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Jesus, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you that your desire to pour out your spirit on us was always a desire to become one with us, to be with us, not just for the gifts, not just for the things that we can accomplish, but because your heart has always been to dwell with us. So God, I pray that there would be an awakening in this hour of your church, of your bride, uh, to not only for them, but also for the unbelievers near them, God, that we would fall in love with who you are and from that, everything will flow, God. I just pray that there would be an increase in hunger in every generation, not just the one that has been on fire and, and hungry recently, but God, every generation. God, I pray that you, that you would begin to turn the eyes of your children back to you, not to man, but to you, God, that we would fix our eyes on you because you are the author and perfecter of life, God, author and perfecter of our faith. And we're so thankful for what you're doing now. And we're thankful, God, that you have chosen us to be a part of this season of the world, that you have chosen us for this time, for such a time as this. So God, I pray that you would just open up our ears to be sensitive, to hear what you're speaking to your children, to each of us individually, and that we would be quick to respond when you tell us to go. We love so much. I pray, God, that you'd bless everybody listening to this right now. And that, God, if their heart was stirred up, that you would just begin leading them into what you have next for them, God. And there'd be no hesitation, but it would be a now thing, God. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Well, thank you guys so much. I just adore you guys. And um, be blessed in your next chapter of this year for church and for whatever God's doing in your own family. I'm excited to watch and see. So thank thank you. you guys so much.